Ladies and gentlemen, it is your host, Kevin, back at it again. I'm here for episode two. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have not already given up on my New Year's resolution to podcast every five days of the week for 52 weeks. That's right, for one year. This is episode two. Uh, Excited to get into it. Excited for you guys to uh, hear about a little bit more of of who I am, my opinions, my perspective. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. It was a little, it was a little difficult getting up in the morning and planning this out for the podcast. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is, of course, a mention with Kevin. Episode 2, January 2nd, 2020. Uh, I want to thank you guys again so much for coming in, listening to my super duper podcast. Uh, A mention with Kevin is so far going off without a hitch. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here. Let's jump right into it. Um, Again, it's we're kicking off the year, so a lot has not progressed. Um, But I'm going to give to you a couple new stories, and then we're going to kind of go into something a little bit more fun and lighthearted. Uh, try to make this podcast a little bit shorter than our first episode. Um, so the first piece of news that I have, actually, is in regards to New Year's Eve, or um, I believe it was it was New Year's Eve of, this, of 2020, um, where we saw Pope Francis... Um, he was doing his uh, rounds in the Vatican, I assume, for a midnight mass, celebrating uh, the new year with the Vatican and the people there. And while he was shaking hands, he was actually grabbed by a woman. And there's a video that shows Pope Francis swatting away this woman's hand from him and kind of like slapping her very lightly and trying to pull her off. As you can see that she was pretty, pretty aggressively trying to grab him and hold him. Um, the next day, of course, uh, January 1st, 2020, uh, he released um, a statement apologizing for his actions, that he lost his patience. Um, so, uh, and he also addressed uh, women's violence within the world and how that uh, we should not be condoning this or encouraging any sort of women's violence. Um, but it was just interesting to see that somebody gets so close to the Pope and being an old, fragile man. Uh, it did kind of. It is kind of worrisome to see this woman kind of grab out towards him, as he's trying to make his his rounds um, and greet the people out there. Uh, but good on him for apologizing. Um, it was a great move by him uh, and turning that around and kind of making that into a little bit of a lesson in terms of how to be more patient with oneself and uh, just displaying a a good manner of professionalism, I guess, with his role. Uh, you got to be professional with any role, and that includes the Pope. Okay, heading into our second piece of news, uh, which is the only other piece I have kind of for today. As it is January 2nd, it kind of works out that this there's, there's only two pieces of news today. Uh, the second piece of news in, re- in regards to some attacks that have been happening on the states. Um, so it the Pentagon has confirmed uh, the killing of General Qasem Soleimani. Uh, he is the head of Iran's elite Qud's force, an architect of its regional security apparatus. And on Friday, he was uh, murdered. I think it was 
in a missile strike or some sort of um, airstrike um, approved by President Trump himself. And so uh, the three officials were confirmed of their death in an attack at Baghdad's international airport. Uh, and a lot are speculating that there is going to be severe Iranian national retaliation against Israel and American interests. Um, so the U.S. Defense Department defends themselves by saying that Soleimani was actively developing plans to attack American diplomats and service members in Iraq and throughout the region. Uh, they also accused him of approving the attacks of U.S. Embassy in Baghdad earlier this week. Um, so some tensions are rising between America and Iran during these times. Uh, we're just hoping that the, we'll see a resolution. There was also some speculations on some tweets that obviously Mr. Trump has put out. Uh, he, he's quite, um, how do I say this as being as impartial as possible, um, outspoken on Twitter. And he, he, he runs his Twitter account without a filter. Uh, therefore, he, he talked about uh, what has happened in Iran and that he is delivering a threat. He, he specifically defined that within his tweet. And so we hope that this doesn't provoke any more aggression between the two countries and they're able to settle this dispute civilly and in the best way for both the interests of both nations. Okay, uh, now that that is out of the way, guys, we are going to go into something a little bit more fun. And that is looking back in 2019. As you know what, we're, we're anticipating some things in 2020. We're anticipating uh, the next elections for the U.S., presidency so we still got candidates uh canvassing out there for the democratic nomination like bernie sanders elizabeth warren of course there's joe biden uh andrew yang one of the um dark horses in this race um they're also vying so at the end of the month we're going to be expecting that we might be seeing some new climate change initiatives uh, taking place in some different countries i know canada is trying to ban single-use plastics within 2020 to 2022 so as a torontonian i will be able to report on that a little bit later and we're expected to see some other great movies and media present itself but let's not forget about the great films that came out in 2019 so i am going to go down the list speak my mind about some of them um the ones that i have on this list actually are the movies that I've seen myself. I, I've included a little list of honorable mentions at the end that I am anticipating to see. They came out. Unfortunately, I did not have the time to see them, but I really do want to see them. Um, unfortunately, Frozen 2 did not make the list. So for all those Frozen 2 fans, I'm sorry, you might have to, uh, you know, uh, I guess you don't have to like this podcast, but you can still subscribe to me. Uh, remember, guys, if you have any opinions or anything, that is differing from mine or you want to see in the next podcast, please give me a mention at my Twitter handle at Kevin underscore Hobie. Um, and of course you can check out my YouTube channel and all my other links are within the description below, but let's get into it. Our movies of 2013, uh, 2019, not 2013, 2019. Oh my goodness. So the first movie we have up is a movie that has broken records in grossing the most am amount of cha-ching, cash, money, that gold, mm-mm-mm, so good, Avengers Endgame. And what a movie that was. Am I right? We have stars like Chris Evans. We have um, Chris Hensworthy. We have Tony Stark. 
played by Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, and some other great cast. Jeremy Renner is in there uh, playing Hawkeye. Um, extremely well done performance by all of them. One of my favorite movies to watch just because of uh, such a world that they've created. They've taken all these different superheroes and made different franchises with them. Paul Rudd's in there. Um, I believe Tom Holland is near. Uh, oh, I, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you haven't seen it, Tom Holland will be in there. Um, and how they've built all these superheroes worlds together uh, with their separate movies. And then they've combined them together in this one great movie. And, you know, you've really got to appreciate the underdog characters, the, the ones who are not always in the spotlight, like Nebula, who was in Guardians of the Galaxy. She didn't really have like a major role in the second one, I would say. Uh, she was in it, but she had more of a prevalent role in, in Ender, uh, Endgame. So really liked watching that. I would say the next big colossal movie that we saw in 2019 came to the end of 2019, and that is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. It's not a surprise that Disney owns both these titans of Marvel and Star Wars because they are extremely popular and they do extremely well uh, within the cinema. So uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is the final anticipated end to the new trilogy of Star Wars. We see the end of Rey, Finn, Poe, um, what happens to these things three beloved characters and the world that we've kind of seen and kind of the old of the Skywalker. We see that we know that um, Princess Leia is also in this. Uh, what happens with her story and Kylo Ren, obviously our antagonist and um, what occurs within his story interwoven with the three others. I don't want to give away too much as, as it just came out as well. And it, there's, there's many of you who might have not seen it. I highly recommend it. Um, I know a lot of people did not enjoy it as much. Um, I really enjoyed seeing it. It was a little bit different from what I expected. Um, I think J.J. Abrams did a great job in bringing the story back. It was kind of difficult because he wasn't directing everything. He was directing, he directed the first movie and then he had given the role of director to another, um, somebody who could influence the story in a different way. And in doing so, to bring it back to the third one and conclude the saga that he had originally started, he had to kind of, you know, work with some of the story in a different way. So I'm really impressed of and how he did it and the storytelling that he, he did perform and um, just the twists and turns that were taken within this movie. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, the next movie that I got in my list here is Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, I am a big fan of Marvel movies. Um, mo most of them, I, I really just enjoy for the action, some of the one-liners, you know, kind of the character building there. This movie, though, had me laughing for probably 50% of it. It was some of the funniest acting that I've seen. Uh, these actors are supposed to play high school kids. They do a great job of that. Tom Holland has that, that awkward teenage thing going on with him uh, where he's a little bit not stuttering but like he's not confident with himself and he's he's kind of funny with his his voice is a little bit higher um zendaya 
she just has this like she 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 acts more like a high school girl like somebody who's not super confident like the movies show that all these high school kids they already know themselves um i can't remember the name of spider-man's best friend tom holland's friend in the movie but he was also excellent um getting his first girlfriend and that experience and just the way that they kind of relate to what what kids in this generation are doing today uh, i think it is excellent we had like the flash the the character is Flash. Uh, he's like the school bully, and he was like live streaming their whole um, trip to Europe. And so I found that extremely hilarious. Um, just seeing how, um, I don't know, the directors and everybody kind of see uh, people or the generation of kids these days and how they're growing up and how they're acting a little bit. So that that is a great movie to check out for. On the other end, I gotta I gotta talk about other movies that came out this year that weren't as good and also within the Marvel franchise it might not be your perspective but my perspective was Captain Marvel also came out um it was really anticipated I really wanted to like it unfortunately I didn't uh, a lot of it felt really weird and awkward and I don't know if it's Brie Larson I'm not a big fan of her acting um like I really I, I don't know in comparison with other superhero movies, I think like somebody like, um, you know, Gal Gadot did a great job with Wonder Woman. I would have liked to seen something with Gamora, uh, Zoe Saldana from um, Guardians of the Galaxy. That would make a really good one-off kind of Marvel film. Uh, Captain Marvel was kind of, it was a flop. And Samuel Jackson is is kind of an older guy right now. And CGI in his face is kind of weird because you can see his older body, him kind of like running around. He's not running as fast as he can anymore. He's he's an older man. And uh, it just felt kind of clunky. And it was trying to be funny with some like other elements within it. And it just kind of fell short. Uh, so for that reason, I, I would kind of, I don't want to say it, it was kind of my least appreciated movies of the year. I, I still enjoyed it. There were some funny moments, but... Um, I kind of, when I was going through my list and looking at movies that came out, it kind of fell towards the end of movies that I kind of forgot about during the year. Uh, moving on, we're going to keep on this, this this Disney train. The next movie that came out was The Lion King. Um, I did have time to see this one. I'm a big fan of the older Lion Kings. Uh, not the older Lion King, sorry. The older Disney movie. So I'm like Sword in the Stone kind of guy. You know, Lion King. We got Mulan. Uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Hercules. Love that kind of stuff. So um, being a big fan of Lion King, I went to see the new Lion King movie to see how it was. Uh, I was impressed with the cast. We have Donald Glover. You know, Childish Gambino. Rock and Simba. So uh, I actually really enjoyed that. Um, they did all the songs over again, uh, but within their own spin. And Childish Gambino uh, singing some of those songs was just incredible to hear his kind of rifting on those, giving the little spin. Beyonce playing Nala, kind of giving her kind of take on some of those songs and her notes uh, kind of flowing in there. It gave it like a better kind of rhythm. We had some more comedy i would say with timon and pumbaa uh seth rogan playing pumbaa and then uh timon just great acting on that uh, voice acting i mean and the vfx artist like if i were to say like one of the most impressive things to see was the vfx shots and the way that they modeled the animals within this movie was phenomenal 
uh, just the way they made it look so alive and real. And it didn't feel weird or creepy when watching. Because, you know, you get that feeling when you're watching VFX. And you're kind of like, this is really creepy. And I don't want to watch this anymore. It doesn't look like real life. But they're trying to make it look like real life. Uh, Lion King is nothing like that. They did a great job with the simulation. The camera work. Uh, it feels like they're actually filming something. But you know that it's all computer generated masterpiece um just fell in love with it uh so really highly recommend that one uh the next one that i have in my list um i have a couple netflix shows um so within netflix i i really enjoy watching some documentaries and things like that uh, american factory is a great documentary on the closing of a gm plant and being converted into i believe a chinese uh car window manufacturing plant and the way that this culture kind of, um, this Chinese business taking over this American company and hiring some more workers back, but being in this town where it's so affected by the, the recession and by losing those jobs because of the closing of the, of the former GM factory um, and seeing how those cultures mix, uh, the Chinese way of doing business and the American way of doing business and how things need to be solved and there needs to be uh, directions given but translations go wrong. Uh, it's a very interesting view on um, on people and there's similarities but there are differences. Uh, we see like the cultural, like they go to China at one point within the movie and we get to see kind of the, the work style and the, the work culture there and how it's so much more different is more orientated on putting so many hours and pleasing your work. And it's less about um, seeing your family, which was very sad, uh, but they're very effective and efficient and they don't like things to go awry. Um, while as the American way is, uh, you know, it's a little bit more excessive. Like you want to spend more time with your family and things like that. But um, you see a little bit more entitlement, but at the same sense, like these people, they really want to work and uh, they want to please this Chinese company. So I really recommend it if you're looking for a switch in perspective uh, just to see this film. Uh, within that, we got to go to the next great documentary that I saw on Netflix in 2019, which was The Great Hack. Excellently done. Uh, the Great Hack, in summary, is about the Cambridge Analytica case uh, that was occurring in the States. Um, and in, in the EU that they, they put to trial, uh, this company, Cambridge Analytica, delivered some political, um, I don't know how to say, assistance in some way. Uh, and they influenced the elections for uh, the American election, the British election, and, and some other elections uh, within other countries, and even affecting the Canadian election. Uh, they were hired as a third party for some other political reasons. And, and in doing so, they used data from Facebook uh, they influence people from social media such as Facebook, Twitter. Uh, mostly Facebook was the platform that was used in order to influence the votes and influence uh, how people uh, went to the polls, what kind of mindset they had, um, even if they wouldn't vote, um, if, they, if they were going to vote for one party, trying to influence them not to vote at all. Um, the, these are the kind of things that Cambridge Analytica was responsible for and... Um, it's just a really good inside case of how influenced we are by social media and the ads we see and the things that we we, we consume on the internet. Uh, a really good perspective to have 
when going into an election and kind of what you've been told so far by other people, it's important when you go into the polls or any election that you kind of get your your information, your source and your information from the political party sites or from a member of that political party or their, some of their literature and not from social media or things like that because there's so much negative information that is propagated through those things and it, it, it is it is a form of propaganda and so this movie does a great this documentary does a great job at displaying this okay um speaking about netflix we're going to be going to some of their other shows a great show is triple frontier uh it's it's pretty much your action you know we got pedro pascal in there uh you got ben affleck um you got um the guy who plays Poe, um, his name is escaping me right now. Um, I think it's something Isaac. Uh, but anyway, the, you got these big actors playing this role in Trump, Triple Frontier, um, where there are a bunch of mercenaries. Um, I believe that they're hired to do some sort of pickup, um, and things go awry within this pickup, and it's 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 their story of how they're surviving in South America and um using their skills as former marines or black ops members uh it's just an action-packed movie really enjoy the acting from the members and a, a couple twists on the way which makes it a little bit uh different from your usual action flick okay moving on we are going to the next big action film that was done in 2019 i know you guys have seen the commercials for the next Fast and Furious one-off spin-off, Hobbs and Shaw. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know a lot of you are looking at these commercials and you're thinking to yourself, what type of garbage person would go out and see this movie and think that this is any good? And you know what? I am one of those garbage people, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you why. I went to this movie. I'm not the biggest Fast and Furious franchise lover, but... I am a lover in The Rock, the Dwayne Johnson, his acting ability, and uh, Jason Statham and his acting ability in things like The Transporter. Um, these guys are huge action stars, and I wanted to give them a chance in their own movie. Uh, Fast and Furious is kind of crazy. I kind of like that. I wanted to see what they were going to do with it. A lot of the movie is the greatest humor. Uh, these The tension between these two actors in trying to be these big macho men and try to impress people around them sensational uh you are on the ground laughing for most of the movie uh <laughs> there's some great scenes in there uh with physical humor with um mental humor like just the way they're calling each other names things like that it's just imaginative creative geniuses uh so i love the delivery of this um, what else do I have to say about Hobbs and Shaw? Well, this movie has some of the best, and I know one-liners are kind of cheesy, but the best one-liners are delivered for this action movie that makes it so cool. Examples, here comes the kryptonite. Who says that? Like, it's incredible. The Rock, genius. So I I'm, I really enjoyed this movie. It has some, oh, obviously it's, it's one of these action movies, and there's some preposterous, action moves and uh, we've seen the commercial the rock is pulling down the helicopter by a chain you know things like that the rock 
is The Rock. He has 32-inch biceps. He, he can't help it. Uh, but I think this movie should be considered underrated. And I think people aren't giving it the chance because it looks like one of these crazy action movies. I think you should go into it knowing that you you want to go see something and have fun while watching it. And this is definitely one of those movies that I could say, if you want to have fun, go see Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, what do we got next? Of course, nostalgia always comes back and hits you hard right in the feels. And so um, I... I, I would say I'm in the cusp between millennial and Gen Z. I kind of identify more as a Gen Zer, um, but I remember growing up and playing a game, and I know a couple of you know this game. It, it, it it's called Blue Version, Blue Version Pokemon, and this relates to the movie Pokemon Pikachu Detective. The nostalgia hits, remembering all those times, going on your Game Boy, adventuring, trying to catch them all. Yes, I'm talking about filling your Pokedex with some of the most exotic Pokemon one can find. And with this movie, it does not disappoint. It brings back the nostalgia, even bringing back uh, your favorite song in um, a surprising way. Uh, but the theme song of Pokemon, the TV show, comes in there. You got Pikachu. He is a franchise uh, logo. He is uh, their mascot. He's, you know, pulling most of the, the strings in the movie. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds is playing him. So there's a lot of humor being thrown into this. Um, some younger cast members that I cannot remember their names. But they do a great job uh, portraying, like, young Pokemon trainers and stuff like that. And it had a pretty good story to it. You know what? You're not going into this expecting Oscar-winning, I don't know, act, actor performances. You're expecting to have fun again, guys. You're expecting to see the Pokemon that you love, like Eevee, Charmander, Bulbasaur's, uh, Squirtles, even some new ones like Torterra. And just having fun with that and just remembering the nostalgia you had playing this old video game and um, the world that it created for you. And so they really do a great job. And I, I have to give props to the VFX team again within this movie and Pikachu Detective for doing such a great job at just bringing to life these Pokemon. A lot of people were scared of how they looked and stuff like that. But the way they acted and the way that they um, really captured the audience's heart, I think they did a good job with how they modeled these, these Pokemon. Um, so you want to see something else fun? Go see Pokemon Pikachu Detective or Pokemon Detective Pikachu, sorry. All right, one of the last movies that I saw, I guess, on this list I have to put in 2019 is Blinded by the Light. Uh, it's a Bruce Springsteen kind of like sing-along movie. It's about this young Pakistani boy uh, growing up in Britain and kind of feeling uh, depressed, lonely, uh, but meeting friends and developing relationships in high school and using Bruce Springsteen to kind of build his self-esteem and build his story. And it's just a great... A demonstration of how um, music can break borders with people and how it can motivate people to kind of, I don't know, break out of their shell and reach others out. And so um, this Bruce Springsteen, I've never heard of him before. Uh, the boss, they call him. His music goes really well in this piece. Uh, and it's just kind of a fun, kind of feel-good movie. So if you want to feel good at the end of 2019, really 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 do um recommend blinded by the light 
Okay, I got to give some honorable mentions to some movies that I haven't seen. Um, obviously, as we know, John Wick 3 came out. I am a big fan of John Wick 1, 2. The way that they kind of uh, use a different kind of motion uh, for, like, you know, like, directing camera wise giving some different angles for action um the way that john wick like holds his gun sideways all the time is always like side reloading really cool uh, i saw the second one it was great where he's running away uh the third one did not get the chance to see i know he's on a horse and this might have caused me not to see it because whenever i see a horse in an action movie i get really disappointed okay kind of rewind a little bit whenever i see a horse in kind of like a gun action movie like if there's guns involved why bring a horse into it like you're bringing a horse to a gunfight and like medieval movies is a little bit different you got your horse you want to get some speed you know you gotta you gotta get frighten your your enemies your your other knights and stuff like that uh but yeah john wick 3 definitely want to see that movie um it's definitely on the list for 2020 the next movie very anticipated uh another superhero-ish movie but not superhero-ish because it is made by warner brothers and um they kind of like to take a darker turn on things and that is the joker or joker sorry and it's a story about the origins of joker himself um how he got to be and kind of like i think they kind of take it in a psychological spin where the joker was kind of like using this job as a clown before but then he was seeing that he wasn't entertaining people kind of having negative thoughts kind of having a discussion around mental health as well so this thriller i've i've seen good reviews i've seen bad reviews but whatever it is people are either po are, are polar on the issue of if it's a good or a bad movie and i have to see this movie so if you get the chance, guys, give me a tweet. Tell me how the Joker is. And the last movie that I want to give an honorable mention to is this movie called Parasite. Uh, now, it's a foreign film. I don't know much about it. I know it's about a, a two classes, and it, it features Asian actors. Uh, I don't know if it's Korea or Japan. I have to do a little bit more research. Um, but it appears to be one of these satire-like movies of the lower class kind of like planning to overtake the upper class but it, it, it they bring a lot of funny elements into it and a lot of comedy and so i'm really really i don't know why i desire i saw i tried to watch the commercial the trailer for it and i was really confused and this perpetuated my curiosity for this movie even more so i hope that i will get the opportunity in 2020 to actually try out this movie and tell you guys how it is if parasite isn't any good I will let you guys know first off. But it seems to be getting a little late, guys. And with that, I am going to close my second episode of A Mention with Kevin. I'd like to thank you guys so much for listening to this daily podcast episode. Um, remember, please give me a subscribe if you are enjoying this. Um, uh, I don't know if you can like this on Spotify or anything like that, but it'd be great too if you could review this five stars. Um, but with that, guys, just remember to brush your teeth and don't forget to floss. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye.